Are you ready for the word this morning? All right. Um, while, while I'm kicking off, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verses 33. Uh, Matthew 6, 33. Um, I know I've been preaching on the gifts uh, of the Spirit the last, I don't know, two, two and a half months. I'm going to deviate from that a little bit this week. Uh, I was praying about it, and I felt like the Lord was leading me to share something else this week. So um, I, I was so blessed these last two Sundays Two weeks ago, Laura shared, and Laura it just, it was so good. Uh, so blessed by that. And then last week, having Liz and Elliot Tirado with us, um, just sharing it more around their heart, around Fresh Express, and, and how we um, can continue to part with, partner with them was fantastic. So um, I'm excited to share what the Lord has been stirring in me this week, though. Uh, and I'll, I'll give a little, a little context on some of the things that I feel like the Lord has been showing me, but... We'll start in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and it reads, and this is out, the Amplified is up on the screen, this is out of the New Living. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. The Amplified says, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. You know, one of the things that I think we have a tendency to do in the church is we make things about things that we don't need to make things about. That's a mouthful. But oftentimes we get so honed in on details that we lose sight of the bigger picture. This verse lays it out. Jesus says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and He will give you everything you need. So we spend a lot of time talking about different things. And I'm not saying those things are bad. But as I was, as I was praying this week and just spending time with the Lord, I felt this, this longing of needing to get back to Ground zero, foundation. How do, like, just getting back to what is our foundation. So, the Lord gave me this analogy, and I think it's really interesting. Uh, so if you look at anything, and I'll use this bottle of Gatorade as an example. Uh, if you look at anything that you can find in a store most times, and you look at the ingredients, there's a long list of words that you either can't pronounce or you have no idea what, the, what it is, right? So this Gatorade has... Water, sugar, dextrose, citric acid, salt, sodium citrate, monopotassium, phosphate, gum arabic, glycerol, ester, all these things, right? And then it ends with yellow five, some dye. Um, all things that are added to this beverage to make it taste right, to make it look right. But A, how many of those things do we know actually what it is, Right? We don't know. I, 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 could, I couldn't tell you. Maybe Chris could tell us what monopotassium phosphate is. I know that it's a, probably a singular potassium. I am not even going to try to explain it. Uh, we don't know what that does. I'm sure there's a reason it's in there, but it's an additive. And if you look at additives, they're supposed to make things better. If you look at food, oftentimes, or, or drinks, one of the number one things that's added to food that's horrible for us is high fructose corn syrup, right? 
And I, I'm, I promise this sermon isn't about food. I'm not going there. This is just as an, as an example. Uh, high fructose corn syrup is in almost everything. Why? Because we want it to taste better. And it's cheap, right? How many of you ever had like a natural soda with natural sugar versus a regular soda that has high fructose corn syrup? They taste different. If you grew up drinking Coca-Cola made out of high fructose corn syrup and then you drink natural Coke, you're like, this is good, but it's not the same. Because you're used to these things. So companies who make beverages or they make food, they add these things to make it better. And oftentimes in the church, we can add things to our foundation because we think it's going to make it better, but it doesn't. It doesn't. And I want to talk a little bit today just about like how we get back to making it just about Jesus. Just about Jesus. Because at the end of the day, when you become a Christian, I'm sure many of you can remember this, the first time that you accepted Christ, you were pumped. My goodness, this is so incredible. You have that fire stirring in you. Maybe for some of you it was when you were a young child. Maybe for some of you it was when you were an adult. But you have this moment of, I can't believe what God did for me. And then as you spend more time maturing, which is absolutely something we should do, but as you spend more time learning, sometimes your intellect can get in the way and you add things that the Lord never intended for us to either argue about or disagree on or have different opinions on. That was never the intent. Yet in the church, and I'm talking not, not Glory Church, I'm talking the global church, we have a tendency to create things and add things that we end up disagreeing on. It's interesting, I was having uh, breakfast with another local pastor this week, and we were talking about different things, and you know, they're a, a, a slightly different denomination than we are. And I said, I bet if we started to talk doctrine, there'd be a lot of things we agreed on, but there'd probably be things that we disagreed on. Why is that? Because at the end of the day, whether you're... Catholic or you're charismatic, it's always just about Jesus, right? That's all of our foundation, and we've allowed men to dictate all the different things. The Word is the Word. The Word never changes. It stays the same. It is the same as it is 50 years ago as it will be in 200 years. It never changes. Yet we have allowed men to get in and tell us how to interpret the Word. We've added things. We've added traditions. We've added different things that we need to do. And I will tell you, you know, I grew up in a non-denominational, born-again, spirit-filled church, just like this. And I would tell you that there was just as much tradition in our church then as there was tradition in other churches, in other denominations. Now, again, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with having structure and doing things decently and in order. I'm not saying that. I think that's important. But when we create things instead of allowing the Spirit of God to create things, that's when man gets in the way. So I want to talk today about why it's so important for us to not lose sight of Jesus. To not allow those other things to get in the way of us staying close to Him. Right? So we have all those additives. Even you've probably had fruit, for instance, you know, you have a, a glass of orange juice. Maybe it's, you know, there's a, a brand out there. It's simply orange, right? It's supposed to be just orange juice, but there's still additives in that. When I was a kid, 
my grandma, she'd go to Florida every year, and she'd send us home a box of fresh Florida oranges. And my mom and dad had this white juicer. You you know, cut the orange in half, and you'd put it on the counter, and it would squeeze out the orange juice. And it was pure orange juice, straight from the tree, from the orange, into your cup. And I would drink it as a kid, and I'd say, where's the Sunny D? Right? Like, it, it just, it was so fresh and so pure, but it was not what I was used to. I was used to the sugar and used to all the things, right? But that is the way that it was intended. God created that orange to make juice that is fresh and natural. We've, we've allowed things to get in the way. Uh, and as I was praying, praying through this this week, and I think the Lord was maybe convicting me a little bit, we overcomplicate the gospel. We do. Jesus came as a man, fully man, fully God. He died so that way we could live with him for all eternity. So we could live a life victorious over death and sin and the grave. And somehow over time we have made that out to be political and we've made that out to be social and we've made that out to be all these different things when really at the, at the crux of all of it, Jesus died so we could live victoriously. All those other things are going to happen. You look at history. The church was in the middle of a lot of different social and political issues that happened over time. Right. It, like, it was not good, right? But at the base of it all, Jesus is what matters. Now, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that the Lord shouldn't be involved in politics. That's not what I'm saying. It's your obligation to to pray about and and vote for who you want to vote for. But what I am saying is that if you look at Scripture, societies that are successful incorporate the Lord into their society. The societies that aren't fall by the wayside, right? They get left in the dust. But we can't overcomplicate the Scripture. We can't overcomplicate the Gospel. The Lord lays it out for us really clear, really straightforward, really easy. We can't add things. to. We can't add our own rules, our own regulations. And sadly, over time, we have done that. And I feel like we have come a long way, especially in the last, goodness, 25, 30 years, my lifetime. We can't overcomplicate it. We need to make it so simple that I can walk up to a stranger who's never heard about Jesus and I can share the gospel in two minutes and they get it. Right? I think if you're at Sarah or Steve or anyone else that goes out and is in your street witnesses or evangelizes, your goal is to make the gospel as simple as, as possible. All the tracks that you had when we were kids that said, have you heard the good news? That's what it is. It's good news. It's a good message. Why are we overcomplicating it? We need to make it simple. I think about my kids. Man, there, there's a reason the Lord said have childlike faith. Because I, you can tell a kid something, they'll believe it, and they'll run with it, right? You could tell somebody, you're the best player in the world, and they're going to go tell, did you know so-and-so is the best of this in the world? Because they believe it. They have that childlike faith. They understand, especially as a parent. So when you see a kiddo come to know Christ, it's incredible. It's genuine. It's not about, 
oh, I've done all these horrible things in my life and, and I, I need to have, you know, no, it's like this God who lives up in heaven loves me so much that I get to spend eternity. Yes, absolutely. I remember when I was, when we were kids, we'd go to summer camp every year. And you'd be surrounded by other 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids. Those are some of the most powerful services I've ever been a part of. Because man wasn't involved. There was no predetermined expectations, no restrictions. It was just kids being kids, worshiping God the way they knew how to worship God. And for some reason, as we become adults, we think we have to be prim and proper and make it. It's not about us. It's about the Lord. It's about Jesus. It's just about Jesus and what He did for us. And I can tell you, especially leading a church, there's a lot of things that have to happen. There's a lot of things that happen in life. There's a lot of, and whether you're leading a church or not, like whether you're just working full time or whatever, there's a lot of things that happen as an adult that you have to stay on top of. But how are you still making it about Jesus? How are you taking the time to be with just Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 12. Turn there with me. John chapter 8, verse 12. My kids could probably tell you this verse by heart because I think it was uh, part of their VBS program this year. John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So when we're talking about it just being about Jesus, Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. How many of y'all have ever felt like you're in a dark season of life? I know I've been there. I'm sure all of us have been. Light is critical to our survival. So when we talk about it being just about Jesus, and knowing that He is the light of the world, we need Him to survive. Imagine, imagine if we didn't have the sun... We would live in a very dark, cold planet. We wouldn't survive. We couldn't survive. Most people don't like the dark, right? When I was a kid, I was afraid of the dark. I slept with my bedroom door open every night because I was terrified of the dark. Hated it. Still don't really like the dark. I can handle it, but I don't like the dark. I was afraid of it when I was a kid. I'm going to ask for those of you who have had kids, I'm going to tell a story. You're woken up in the middle of the night. Your kiddo's crying for you, but they're downstairs or they're in a separate bedroom and you have to walk through a space and it's dark and your kids were playing with Legos earlier that day. How many of y'all been there? Stepping on a Lego in the dark in the middle of the night will send you through the roof. Oh, there is not a pain. I shouldn't say that. It is. It hurts a lot. It hurts a lot. It hurts a lot, right? And it's just this little Lego. It's exactly, it's a surprise in the middle. It's this little Lego, and you're walking along, trying to be quiet. And then as a parent, the last thing you want to do is wake up your kids, because you know what that means. You're going to be up for the next several hours. So you step on it, and you can't make a noise, because you got to be quiet. You know, thinking, oh, they're cleaning these up in the morning, all the things, right? The funny thing about that is, if you're walking in the dark and you step on a Lego, you know what would make it so much easier? Turn on the lights. If you turned on the light, you knew exactly where you'd be going. 
You wouldn't step on a Lego. You wouldn't have to be, you know, creepily like, you know, I'm sure some of you have done that where you did the leg sweep when you're walking. You know, you sweep the Legos out of the way. I know I'm not the only one who's done that. But it'd be so much easier if you just turned on the lights. We wouldn't have to worry about stepping on Legos if we just flipped on the lights. We wouldn't have to worry about walking in darkness if we just allowed Jesus, the light of the world, to guide us. It's just about Him. And if we would want to avoid things like stepping on Legos, you know, in real life, whatever situation that might be, oftentimes we're trying to do it on our own. We're trying to walk through the dark times in our life on our own. We're trying to figure out how to pay the next bill or or figure out where our kids are going to do or what they're going to be, all these things on our own. And the Lord is saying, here I am. I am the light of the world. I will shine bright. I will shine bright on your path. If you look in Psalms 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. So we know that if we're following Jesus, if we're making him the center, if we aren't at it, we are just focused on him, he is going to lead us exactly where we need to go. We need to turn on the light. We need to not be afraid of trying to do it on on his accord instead of on our own. For some reason, we feel this great need as people to try and do it on our own. We need to survive on our own. We need to figure it out on our own. Even even without other people in our life, we need to do it. And oftentimes the Lord has given us resources around us to help us. Parents, family, friends, community. He's saying, I've given you these people, use them. He's also saying, I'm here, use me. I'm here, use me. Don't try to do it on your own. I'm here. Use me. And all of us are in different seasons of life. I'm raising young children. And I know that I cannot do that. That Sheree and I cannot do that on our own. Not only physically, but also spiritually. I know that if I try to raise my kids and teach them all about the Lord on my own, it's just going to be that. It's going to be head knowledge. I need to allow the Lord and trust that He is going to work in their life. If, you're, if maybe you've got older kids, you need to trust that the Lord is going to take care of them. That they're out of your care. That you have done your part. That you have done everything that you can. And if you don't have kids, it might be yourself. You're trying to figure out, how do I navigate this next job, this next season, this next school year, whatever it may be. We need to allow the Lord to shine bright in those situations. To not feel like we need to walk in the dark. Because he's already said, he is the light of the world. He is the light of the world. 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. That first part, if we walk in the light, as he is the light. Walking in the light, as he is in the light. We have what? We have fellowship with one another, and, not a but, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. There is absolutely nothing we can do in our own power or strength to light that path. 
There's nothing we can do. Absolutely nothing. We try. We try to figure it out on our own. I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to go solve this problem, or I'm going to change jobs, or I'm going to do this and this and this. And it's all about me instead of being about him. And again, there's nothing wrong with having to make decisions, having to make pivots, whatever it may be, but be led by the Spirit. Be led by him. It's just about Jesus. It's not about us. Oftentimes, we can fall into traps of condemnation in these situations. We try to do it in our own power and our own strength, and it doesn't happen. And we go, I must not be a good enough person. I must not be a good enough Christian. God must not think I'm worthy enough because that's why it didn't work out. No, it's because we were trying to do it on our own. We weren't relying on Him. Lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge who? Him. Exactly. Acknowledge Him. It's just about Jesus. It's just about Jesus. Jesus said, again, Matthew chapter 6, 33. He said, Seek the kingdom of God above some things. No, above all things. Above all else. Seek that first. And let me tell you, let me tell you, the times that we are living in, it is more than ever critical that we are seeking the kingdom of God above everything else. Not the kingdom of the national news network. Not the kingdom of social media. Not the kingdom of worry or fear. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. The times that we're living in, that is what, I don't even want to say it's a choice. That is what is required of us as believers. That is what is required of us because God has put all of us, all of us, all the Christians here for such a time as this. Think of how cool it is that we get to live in the last days. Shereen and I often go like, why weren't we born like 70 years ago? He wanted us here now. It is a requirement that we seek the kingdom of God above all else. All else. That's not some things. Everything. Everything. And you know what? When we do that, that's when we go, okay, Lord, I trust you to do what you need to do and to put me where I need to be put. And then that's when you step out in boldness because it's not, again, it's not about you. You've been seeking the Lord and he's given that to you. You can be at the grocery store. And in the past, maybe you were like, I can't do that. No, you can't. He can. And if you are so full of him because you are sinking him, it's not scary. You just walk up and you're like, hey, how's it going? Can I talk to you about Jesus? Hey, can I pay for that for you? It's not scary anymore because you're so full of him that it just overflows out of you. You're not full of yourself. You're full of him. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. It's critical. It's critical. And when we do that, when we seek Him, when we make it just about Jesus, when that's our focus, that's our attention, that's where we start our day and that's where we end our day. And not just then, but it's incorporated throughout the entire day. You'll, be cra- you'll just be blown away by how, how the Lord uses you. I love talking to Steve because he'll be in a predicament at work and he goes, 
I, you know, I used to get kind of flustered. He's like, no, I just go, Lord, you're just going to take care of it. Yep. And every time, he does. That's right. That's right. Every time he does. We can get caught up in worry or fear or anxiety about all the things and the cares of this life. But if we seek first the kingdom of God above all else, all of that goes by. That fear, that doubt, the things that the enemy tries to throw at you, you go, huh, that's all right. I'm sure I can find in the Word somewhere that tells me that what you're telling me is a lie. I'm not going to believe you. Right? Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. I want to close with this. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 9. It says, For you were once darkness, but you are now light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The Amplified says, For the fruit, the effect, the product of the light or the spirit consists in every form of kindly goodness, uprightness of heart, and trueness of life. The fruit. The fruit of light. So if you are children of the light, the fruit that you have is going to be kindly goodness, uprightness of heart, trueness of life. So when we are seeking first the kingdom of God, making it just about Jesus, not adding things, not trying to figure it out on our own, but we're just making it about Him, that's the fruit that's going to come. And I, I, let me tell you one thing. And this is the Amplified, this one translation. Goodness, righteousness, and truth is going to draw people to you. And you know what? That drawing is going to allow you to lead them to Jesus. What do people need more than anything else? They need Jesus. That's what they need. They don't need all of our ideas. All of the, They just need Jesus. That's all they need. It's simple. The gospel is simple. It's not something that is hard or complicated or something that we need to dictate how we want to think about it. It's simple. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Simple. 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 Let's not overcomplicate it. The things of the Spirit are incredible and it comes as we mature. But I just I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that Jesus came to save us. The gospel is our foundation. Let's not lose sight of those things. Especially, especially, especially when you are out in the world, in the workplace, wherever it may be. Don't lose sight of that. Keep your focus on Him. Let Him light your path. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Amen? Amen. Amen.